continuing our series on uh, career journeys and just highlighting the various journeys of people that, that we admire and that we know. Um, and the goal of the series is to really just, you know, allow, allow you to see just all the different ways um, that a career can take shape. Um, they come in various forms. They come in various shapes. They're not all corporate. But the whole point of a career is to find something that you enjoy doing and to be able to support yourself, essentially, right? And yep, so yep. Uh, that's, that's what we've been doing. So today, today, <laughs> today, we got a special guest, man, a good, good friend of ours. Uh, he's actually my next door neighbor, probably about four houses down. Um, you know, we, we've been rocking for, sheesh, almost 10 years, man, since we've been in Houston. Um, his name is Lord Rudy Gowdy. He hails from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, mm. We're going to get to know him a little bit today. What's up, man? What's going on, man? I'm glad to be here, man. Thank y'all for finally, you know, putting your boy on the show. I've been watching. I've been a big fan. So I just appreciate you being in the seat today. Hey, man, you know, every, every time we get together, I uh, it's just just so much knowledge there, man. Just experience, too, man. I, I call this dude one of the hardest working friends I've ever had because I've never known this dude not to have a job. Oh, no. Even when I hear people complaining about not being able to get jobs, I'm like, well, how does this dude keep getting jobs? Typically, it's always the... It's not that they don't want to get a job. It's just not the job that they want. Right. And it's not in the field that they want. So, but it's money out there. Yeah. But you know? to me, man, I, I consider, to me, that makes you like a, a humble human being because you're willing to even take something that you might not want at that particular time because you got, you got responsibilities you got to take care of. You ain't wrong. And I seen it, you know, I, you know, I always say I am what I see growing up. I, I saw my dad do it all. You know what I'm saying? There was 10 of us in one house. And we had to eat. So he like, whatever we got to do to eat, that's what we're going to do. So right, since that's what I saw, that's what I'm going to do regardless. And I'm a student of experience. I love experiences. You know, so especially without having a degree, those experiences and those the experience that I do have typically gets me in the door. Once you put me in anybody's face, I'm, I'm going to talk him down. Understand in Milwaukee, that's what we do. We talk. Me and Wes, you know, E, we talk. So, but it helped. It helped me because I can adapt in not only any surroundings, but I, I'm I'm like a chameleon. I could talk to any anybody in any circle. But that just came from experience. Yeah. And like you said, being humble, everybody bleed. We all bleed. One thing's for sure. We came in this world with a birth certificate. We're going to go out the world with a death certificate. You know what I'm saying? So we got all that in common. And me knowing that, just put me in front of somebody. We're going to talk. I'm going to find something that we got in common, and I'm going to go with it. Mm. Yeah, You definitely got the, the people skill side. One yes. of the things that pops out for me, and I've watched you for years, bro, is that, um, and, and we can tap into it you know, as we go on with that, but something there doesn't allow you, and I've seen things come at you pretty funky, but it doesn't allow you to punk out and die. Now, I'm a city boy, you are, we, we could go there, but you, you one of them brothers, on the way down, you swinging. So it's, it's, you know, and that heart thing, that's what I really, really appreciate, because I see people who have it all given to them, they're privileged, right, right. they're whatever, they ain't got no heart, and they don't, they can't keep up. Mm. And in times like this, they're being exposed. Oh, 
Oh yeah. That's that, oh, that's yeah. true, man. Oh. And I, I think I think the one thing that all three of us have in common, you know, both of you guys grew up in Midwest uh, metropolitan areas, Milwaukee and Detroit. Uh, Luke, all my people from Mississippi though, so we probably related. Right, we probably related. Don't even know it. That's true. <laughs> oh, we all go back to the south, bro. Yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true, we, 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 yeah, we Chattanooga, Tennessee here. We all yeah. go back to the South, yeah. bro. You know, and everybody listening, I'm from I'm from Greenville, Mississippi. But um, the, the one thing that I, I know we all have in common just our different families, man. Come from blue collar, blue collar families. It's all about work. You know, yep. if you if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, yep. and and you know, it's funny because uh, you know, my wife and I, man, we have small amounts of free time. But even when when we're just relaxing, man, our minds are just constantly spinning on like work. It's just trying to be productive, and if we're not being productive, we feel like we're failing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so like, but that creates a work ethic, man, that I think a lot of people kind of miss sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I got often at the plantation, and I got this from from Lord Rudy. Often at the plantation, we adapt the plantation mentality. Mm. We just sit there expecting the plantation to take care of us. And I'm sorry. I mean, I insulted a couple of people in the room. I didn't mean to, but I did in a way. I said, if you're going to work and offer us a job every day and that's it, you're on welfare. <laughs> you ain't wrong. It's just a <laughs> You're on welfare. You ain't taking none of this or doing nothing with it. Yeah. Right. Yours coming once a month. You just getting it there in two weeks. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's it, man. That's the time ain't nobody working nowhere. We show up, take the man's money, play on the internet, go home, and we mad because you know we can't get an extra vacation day to do more than nothing. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so let's dig in, let's dig into your background a little bit, man. I you know until I met you, man, I didn't know anybody from the state of Wisconsin. Period. To be honest with you, and uh, you know just having all these conversations over the years, man, I've learned a lot about. Uh, Milwaukee and just uh, the demographics and the dynamics there, just that whole Midwest area in general. Um, you know, we had a good friend from St. Louis, then you go, you got Milwaukee, and then Eric's from Detroit. So, you know, I, I got a good feel, and I know a few people from Chicago, which is all kind of in that same area. So I have a good feel of kind of like what a lot of you guys' experience was uh, kind of coming up in those Midwest areas. But for you, man, tell us a little bit about the Milwaukee you grew up in? Well, the zip code I grew up in is 53206. To this day, it still has number one incarceration rate for African-American males. Uh, by the age of 13, you, you pretty much, you done been to jail at least once or twice. By the age of 17, you done did three weeks to three months. By the age of 21, you either did five years or you pretty much a felon. I've had friends that in high school, I had a a friend that was a sophomore in high school. He was a two-time felon. Mm -hmm. was sophomore in high school. Sophomore in high school, two-time felon. Wow. Yeah. 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 He did now, but, I mean, he was a product of his environment. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, when you look at Milwaukee, people don't realize we're 45 minutes away from Chicago. Mm. 45 minutes. I'm not straight up. Two, two to three from Detroit, depending on which way you go. You know what I'm saying? So if you get in trouble in Milwaukee, you're going to Chicago. You get in trouble in Chicago, you're going to Milwaukee. Detroit. You get in yeah, trouble, yeah, yeah. You're in trouble yeah. in Oak, you're going to Minnesota, St. Louis, or Detroit. It's all the same. Only difference is the music. I ain't going to lie to you. 
Wow. The population is the same. The way that they set up the city is the same. You got most of the, either most of the black people on the north side or they on the south side. In every city you go to, yeah. it don't matter. It's either or. Yeah. But it's it's a melting pot. We so much alike that we see the potential in each of us. But everything's a competition. If I if I pull up to you with a red light, and you right next to me, in Houston you might look and wave. Depending on what side of town, but where we yeah, stay, yeah. you gonna look and wave. How you doing? But in Milwaukee, you pull up. You see the tool up. He going to frown at you. He might rev his engine. Or somebody might walk up on your car. You got options. But ain't no good option. So for me, growing up was rough, man. I'm I'm the youngest of 10 on my mom's side. On my dad's side, I don't know how many kids he got, but I'm somewhere in there. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, it's, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough, but it was good in the same sense because it prepared me for life. Yeah, yeah. I went out, you know what I'm saying? I saw my pops wake up every morning, 5.45, he going to work. You know what I'm saying? He coming home between 10 and 11 o'clock at night with his work clothes on. And he didn't just have a job. He he was a, he worked in a union at a college. He was the head of, like, all the heating and cooling. Um, when he got off there at 3.30, he went to referee basketball games. If he wasn't refereeing basketball games, he was he was installing – somebody water heater or fixing a plumbing or doing something in the house. So that's work ethic, bro. Yeah. So, but when you were in the middle of it as a kid, because like, you know, something that's beautiful about being able to make it to the ages that we've made it to is we have a chance to, 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 to have a different, uh, you know, to kind of look back on our life with some kind of perspective. Right. And we can see how the rough times and all the stuff that probably didn't appreciate or even have an opportunity to like really step back. Cause when you're in the middle of it, you're just in the middle of it. But do you recall any moment like as a kid where you were like, all right, this is temporary. I know my life will be like X. Man, it's a lot of them that I notice now. Like I never knew what that orange extension cord going from my neighbor's house to my house was. Until I got older, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, we got that stuff cord coming in the house. We know I don't know what that was. You feel me? <laughs> and then my mom was just making it cool when the lights go off. We making, you know what I'm saying, shadow puppets and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, this is fun. Nah. Look, it's, the, it's a gift and a curse because I love the fact that I didn't know that we was poor. Right. I didn't know, bro. You know what I'm saying? There's 10 people in the house. I'm having the time of my life. Right. But, um, a couple of switches happened a couple of times. The first switch was me meeting my best friend, which is, I call him my brother, meeting him, seeing how he took academia seriously mm-hmm. and basketball at the same time, mm-hmm. seeing how he operated mm-hmm. at school compared to me. I was a class clown. I'm the class clown. He's sitting in the front. He get his work done and move on. He was the reason I went to college. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to college. I'm sitting in the counselor office with him. This is funny. He had half day, right? Mm-hmm. His GPA was like a 3.9. He had half day. I got half day, too. My GPA like a 1.7. Like, he leaving at 12? I'm leaving at 12. I don't know what y'all going to do, but we going to figure this out. Why he get to leave and I don't? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, but then the crazy part, that was the first switch, but the biggest switch for me was graduation. Mm-hmm. I'm 
I barely made it. I barely graduated, skin of my teeth. I'm sitting on stage in between him and the valedictorian. Why am I sitting on stage? Nobody can still answer that question for me. You know how they say most likely to succeed? That was me. Yeah. I ain't know what you're talking about. This dude got on stage. I tell my daughter, she about to graduate. I tell her now, like, I graduated with one seven, baby. I sat next to your uncle who got $89,000 worth of scholarship money. Every time they united the scholarship, he's standing up clapping. The girl next to me got like 150000 in scholarship money. Where we from, I don't, I didn't know that a cumulative average, grade average, was currency. Nobody taught me that. No. But me was enough that's, that's to graduate high school. I graduated, one. I thought I made it. Yeah. I thought I made it. They out here getting real money, and I'm sitting there like... Why are they getting all this money? Where is this money coming from? I'm going to the counselor office with my boy, but I ain't knowing he going in there to get a list of scholarships. Mm. I'm going in there like, look, basketball season coming up. Coach going to come in here and talk to you. I just need to play. So so, so what, what was the difference there between – because I know what you're talking about. What was the yeah. difference there between what he was experiencing maybe in his household or where he was and what yeah. you were experiencing so much so that – you know, he was being influenced to follow a certain path and to do things a certain way. You guys were pretty much, you know, two peas in a pod, but for whatever reason at that particular time, you didn't have that background. You didn't have those teachings. Again, I am what I see. Yeah. I had nobody in front of me to look at. His sister graduated from the same high school we graduated from. Mm. When she was a senior, he was a freshman. Okay. She graduated. She got scholarships like that. He saw that. Ah, gotcha. So because he saw that, he like, I got a, we got the same last name. People are going to expect me to do the same thing that she did because we're going to the same school. Right. He just upheld it. He just did that. Me, I went and I did have a brother that graduated too, but he left before I got there and he was my, my real father's son. So I never met him. I just knew when I got in the class and they said Gowdy, everybody was like, you Romero, brother? You wrote brother? I'm like, I guess I ain't never met him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but that was another switch because my best friend who got all the scholarships, my brother dated his sister. Oh, wow. So he introduced me to my entire side of my biological uh, father's family. Yeah. He was like, Royal brother? Man, when he come back from college, I'm gonna just tell him to come by the crib. And you can you can meet him. That was another switch. Hmm. My brother was a hustler. He was an entrepreneur too. That's where I got it from. It's in me. My, my, my real biological pops. He he um he drove taxis, had uh candy shops, and had a women. That's what he did. Never worked a regular job. Never. So the I'm, entrepreneurship was in me. I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions, and I'm gonna go back. I pick up on something and it's really strong because we talk to people all the time about, Hey, you know, you can do this, you can do that. But you said you are what you saw. Yeah. Now I'm looking at the people around us and I've spent some time in the big city. I know exactly, you know, what, what the, what, what happens in, in, in the culture were people around you more, um, prone to see the scholarship people or the people who were just hustling and slinging or whatever. If you looked at your class as a, as a whole, what were they most likely to see and follow? 
put it like this. We didn't know our potential. So first, I'm going to tell you, all uh, when we had career day, we didn't have nurses coming. We had CNAs. You know what I'm saying? Wow. We had CNAs. We had barbers. We had plumbers. You know what I'm saying? It was all blue collar. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know In my high school, we had the wood the wood class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had shop. We still we had you could you could come out of high school as a dental assistant. Yeah. But when I was growing up, I'm like, yo, I'm not taking that class. The class the dude just taking that class is like this. I ain't going to that class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah. come out and be a medical assistant. So we had those options. Yeah. But if I never saw anybody in my house do that, yeah. my environment do that, I'm yeah. going to school right now. You can look. When Obama took his first uh presidency. My school yeah. ranked number 11 on the worst schools of America. Whoa. My class started with like a thousand kids and we only graduated 70. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Just, just imagine when I walked to school, I took my daughter before she uh, went to high school. I took her to my school during the summer and they had summer school. Mm-hmm. Just to show her it's a different environment. The, yeah. school she, the school she was getting ready to go to that she finna graduate from, they got five gyms. That competition gym. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Got two different softball fields and a baseball field. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We we got a tavern across the street. Yeah. We got a liquor store across the street. We got a candy store across the street. You know what I'm saying? And all through the school and around the school, all you see is cats selling dope. You see crackheads. You know what I'm saying? You see people doing what they do. You see hoes. You see everything. You know what I'm saying? that's the environment I'm in when I get out of school. Mm-hmm. I don't see and I don't have people coming to my school telling me like, yo, man, you really could be an engineer. I told Marcus, he laughed. Like, literally, he was the first like pharmacist that I knew that went to college. You know what I'm right. saying? I thought my dad was an engineer. People think I'm stupid for saying that. I thought my dad was an engineer. He was a plumber. I thought that's what an engineer was because that's what I saw. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, no engineers come to my school. You know why? Because the environment was too bad. Yeah. But, you know, the, 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 the crazy thing, thing about that is the um, <clears throat> it's the same lessons in adulthood, too. The one yeah. thing you keep saying and you keep repeating, the thing that Eric picked up on was, it's like, you know, you are what you see. It's just that into adulthood, and it's like we are who we are, the people we hang around. You know what I mean? Right. We are exactly. who our circle is. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, the one thing we talk about on this show oftentimes, you know, often is, you know, because we deal a lot with people who are trying to kind of advance in the corporate space or just trying to advance in their careers, period. And the the main thing we talk about is, hey, well, who who's in your circle? Like, who are right. your friends? Are your friends, do your friends have the same ambitions as you? If they don't, you might want to start checking them. You know? Right. <laughs> Let, let's jump to college real quick. Let's talk about okay. your college experience. Um, I know a little bit, but you know, share share like a brief summary of of your college experience. Got out of high school. My brother was, was first, my best friend. He was going to University of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, I gotta Anthony Hardaway, my favorite player. I wanted at the time it was called Memphis State. I wanted to go to Memphis. Basketball wise, I probably was good enough to probably make it, but I'd have had to pay to go to school. Yeah. But Academic wise, they like you got a 1.7. You snuck out on your SATs. You know what I'm saying? You didn't take the PSATs. So when you go to college, you got to take those pre exams. Yep. So my brother was like, I want to be in the backcourt with you. I'm like, I want to play with you too. 
So our uh, our AP at the school, he went to Russ College in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. He called the coach down there. I had other scholarship opportunities, but I wanted to go to the school and play with my boys. So he made a way. My brother got a full scholarship. I supposedly had one. When I got to the school, it went from a full scholarship to a partial to nothing within three days. The coach had promised the same scholarship to 40 other freshmen. (laughs) Now, look at this. This is the crazy part. My mental, I didn't have a mentor or anybody in my mental that I could reach out to and be like, yo, should I just stay red shirt, still go to school, Yeah. you know, wait my turn? Yeah. I didn't know wait my turn. I'm in practice. I'm like, I'm better than all these cats. All these cats getting this work every day I need to play. So one day I'm at practice, the starting point guard, like 6'9". He trashed me, though. I'm holding him. Uh, He holding me. We going back and forth. I fake back door because I used to get jump at the time. My brother saw me fake back door. He threw the lob, dude, took my legs from under me. I fell. He walked over me and said, this ain't high school no more, boy. This college. Oh, he don't know where I'm from. We go back down the very next play. I act like I lose him back door. He go rushing back door. He get in the air. Not only do I take his legs from him, but I snatch him. So all his upper body, that's what's hitting the ground. I get on top of him. This ain't high school no more. This college. Coach grabbed me, pushed me. You know what I'm saying? He got mad. Put me on the wall. You need to get out of my gym right now. Say no more. I didn't go to practice after that because we got in a big fight with all of them. To cool off, I went to go see my girlfriend, who's my wife right now, at Oakwood. Uh-huh. On the North, South, East, West tournament. It's 2001. I asked, could I play? They let me play. I punched the clock. I'm doing work. Roddy walked up to me after the game like, oh, my God. You go to this school and you're not playing for us? I'm like, I don't go here. My girlfriend. He like, hey, if we can get you in school, can you come play for us? I'm like, absolutely. So, oh, sorry, sure. I just stayed in Huntsville. They yeah. got me in school. I saw the, I saw the team, and I had talked to my boy. And he was like, dog, you don't want to waste no eligibility on that. So, I said, all right. So I didn't play. Uh, I ended up. But that was going. around the time when I met you too. Yeah, I just I played you. in the heroes instead of playing in the league. I played in the heroes. I tried to get on a U of H. Ended up trying out for the D-League, long story short. Ended up dislocating my shoulder. Got suspended from the NCAA and definitely ended up back home. That was my college. But I didn't know what I was going to college for. Had I known, I got four cats that I trained and played AAU for me when I got back home. They all got a degree in general education. Has somebody told me about a general education degree? I'd have got that joint. Yeah. So is it, how many years of college did you do total? Three. So, so three years of college. Uh, no four. Yeah. Do you get your degree? I didn't have to pay for it. No, I didn't. No, I so love. Didn't get your degree. Three years of college. All of these things are happening. Yeah. Choices that you made are leading you down the path of X. Things don't work out. Okay. You turn around. You're going to make another choice. Okay. Things don't work out. You turn around. You make another choice. Yeah. And every, not everything seems to be working in your favor. Nope. Right? But then at, at, at some point, things turn around because you're sitting here talking to us today. Do you remember what your original plan was? I didn't have one. Who? 
go to the league. It was league sale, though. Them two options, because that's all I knew. That's all I saw. Right. What happened? What were the, the events that got you to where you are? Because, you know, I don't want to leave the conversation without oh, no. being able to share. Like, I've been with you talking to young cat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's powerful. It's going to work. So where, where, when did that pivot happen? Step one was me coming back home and being depressed because I didn't make it to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had three contracts to go overseas. But at that time, I had just had my daughter and 28000 to 32000 for eight months. And I got to come back home and she called another daddy that ain't going to work. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I told my mom, if I ever had a child, I'm going to take care of that baby. So that, that was out the window. So luckily I had an uncle who had just came. Well, no, he had been out of jail for about 16 years. He had just got expunged from his felonies. He became a firefighter. He met a young lady. And they were dating at the time, and she plugged me with Washington Mutual. Mm. And I went working at that was my first corporate gig. I had worked Sam's Club, Walmart, Sit Go. Right, right. You know, I had the regular gigs because we got to eat. Right. But Washington Mutual was my first corporate gig. I worked my way from the call center to the cash operations department. Uh, when they did the big merger with, uh, with Washington Mutual and Wells Fargo, I was a part of that for four years. That was amazing. They gave me a severance pay. And in the midst of all that, when I came back, I met a mentor who actually helped me organize some things and put some, some plans in, in place. And he taught me this thing that I like to use right now. And I actually wrote a book about it called The Priority and Goals List. I learned that back in 2005. It has helped me. You know, so. yeah. Yeah. But uh, Wells Fargo, you know, they sold the company. I mean, Washington Mutual sold the company to Wells Fargo. Right. Talked to my mentor. He gave me some game. He was like, look, what they're going to do, they're going to put y'all in the room. Put y'all in the room. They're going to give y'all two options. They're going to say, you can you can get you can get terminated now. Take your unemployment for six months and get hired back on at Wells Fargo. Or you could take your severance package. Wait a year and then get hired back on. Yep. I was like, What's a severance package? Yeah. They told me, they was like, we're going to give you like 27000 I was like, what? I opened my first business with that 27 racks. It was a company called Vise Multimedia. It stood for vision and imagination brings evolution to sight and sound. It was a multimedia company. We did video editing, video production, web and graphic design, silk screen, T-shirts, uh, CD duplication and replication because CDs was big at that time. We recorded music videos for for rappers, which was you know, dope, man. You know what yeah. they do? They rap. And it was beautiful, man, for two years. But, you know, I hired my friends. <laughs> I'm going to put my city on. I'm going to put my family on. When I get on, we all eat. Right. That ain't necessarily the way to go if they ain't got the same mindset as you. Right. Same thing you know, we just talked about. Mm-hmm. All they knew was I would eat good, they wasn't. Mm-hmm. They robbed me blind, long story short. And they left me with some bills with the IRS that I had to pay. It took me six years to pay them off. Right. So it's like along the way, man, is what I'm picking up on in your story. It's like along the way, although the there, there are a lot of things that you didn't see yeah. growing up. But the one thing that I have as as your as your friend, as your boy, the one thing I've always given you credit for is you're coachable. Yeah. And 
you know, Eric will tell you, um, my experience is the same. It's like, in order to get anywhere in life, one, you always got to have at least one mentor. And in order to be mentored, you have to be coachable. Absolutely. And what, what I'm picking up on is, and it's a good thing um, um, in your story to highlight is that, you know, you didn't always have the examples. But nope. when somebody dropped knowledge on you, it wasn't like you was like, man, whatever, that's for them folks or whatever. You just like, nah, what's that? Oh, yep. this is the game. Oh, let me use this new knowledge that I got to go do this thing. It's like yep. there was always a pivot with you, yep. right? And it's funny because I was thinking about this yesterday, E, to um, to kind of do do an entire episode on. It's like, you know, how to notice when when the pivot is right in front of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think I think those of us who who've been fortunate enough and also through our own hard work um, and through our, our spirituality or whatever that have been able to get to they've been able to find success over the years in, in the things that we're doing. We can always recognize when the pivot is in front of us. Right. Right. And I'm picking up on that in your story big time. Almost at every juncture, whether it was uh, graduating high school, you see a friend, he's getting all this excess stuff, and you're just like, dang, like, how's he doing all that? We in the same rooms every day. And then, boom, yeah. it's time. Now it's time for you to pivot. You had to start carrying yourself a different way. Yeah. Basketball. Same, same information. Right. Basketball. Things weren't working out. Okay. I got to pivot. You know, this ain't working out right now. I got other responsibilities. Boom. Pivot. That was a thing because <laughs> I went from playing to actually coaching, refereeing, right. and not knowing that it was setting me up for something that was going to help me 10 years down the road, right. which was my right. mentor program. Like, I helped 21 kids get to college. Yeah. You know, that's that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I didn't even realize it until my wife said it when I was like 26. Yeah, she was like, "You realize how many young men follow you?" And I'm like, what "You mean follow me? Me for what? Great, you know what great, I'm saying? Great, in Milwaukee. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, great segue. Uh, great segue. When I met you here in Houston, you were working for a number of, um, you know, youth. You, yeah, I guess yeah, youth youth based group homes, or like tra- yeah, tra- yeah, transition homes, right? Yeah, yep, yep. right. And you were doing a lot of mentoring there. Uh, I believe you were on staff as well, maybe. Um, no, all like all consult, just all consulting. I, I was a little e. There you go. So, t- talk a little bit about that. Yeah, because your your experience, of course, taught you a lot, and then you in your heart, you just knew you had to give back in that way. So. Yeah. So when I I moved to Houston in 2008, mm-hmm. uh, I pretty much ran from the crib. And when I left, I came down here. I worked at Target, man. I sold Formula One race car products at gas stations. Uh, but I ended up working at a fairly qualified health center, uh, which is crazy. And I worked there for, for what, three years, three and a half years. No, yeah, something like three and a half years. But uh, I went from the front desk again from the front desk to running my own practice with no degree again you know what i'm saying and doing an amazing job at it and one day i was literally like that whole week my mind was i was tripping man i didn't know what i'm like what is my purpose in life i'm 26 i'm like why am i still here mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i done beat the odds i made it to 25 in milwaukee that's a 
beyond the milestone. Here, that's like, oh, you supposed to do that. But in Milwaukee, you make it to 25. We throwing a barbecue at the biggest park we can have at because you made it. You graduated high school and you 25? Right. Come on, man. But um, long story short, uh, I'm at the Fairly Qualified Health Center, and 22 boys come in mm. on the dot. 22. The lady like, yo, we got a scabies scare. One of the kids got scabies. We need to test everybody else. So I already know protocol. Yo, we put them in one room. We put them in one room. I got four doctors. We're going to see them one by one, but we're going to separate them and talk to them to find out how this happened. So my radar automatically went off. It's 22 boys in one room. They from a group home, so they've been in trouble. So if I lead them in this group home, in this room with nothing to do, they're going to start talking about each other. Somebody going to get mad. Somebody going to start fighting. So I went into coach mode. All right, how can I keep these cats busy? Right. I talk to them. I start telling them my story. I start learning their story. I start learning more about them. I start encouraging them. I start uplifting them. They left. I'm like, that's it. Like, I want to do that. I really want to do that. So two days later, um, I got up the muster. I was like, yeah, I got to find these kids. And I was really finna call the group home and ask if I can um, volunteer. Before I can call, they call me, the lady that owned the group home. I'm, I'm looking for Laura Rudy. I'm like, this is me. She, what did you do to my boys? I'm like, damn, what do you mean? They can't keep your name out their mouth. They ain't never been to the doctor and had such a good time. Right. And they came back and they've been good. What did you do and how can I get you to do it again? I was like, well, that's cool, man, because I was thinking about before I could finish, she was like, do you have a curriculum? Hell yeah, I got a curriculum. I ain't had no curriculum. She was like, all right. This was a Wednesday. She was like, I want to you Monday and I want to look through your curriculum. Yeah. I went home for four days straight and didn't sleep. I wrote a whole curriculum. I looked it up. I Googled one on YouTube, on Google. I saw the whole outline, wrote that whole joint, five days. She was like, I can contract you out. We go year by year. It went from that group home to me to me doing it for four group homes for four years. Wow. It was amazing. Wow. But in that time, again, you know, my, my, it's always going to be a pivot. You know it's always a pivot. I went from doing that to alleviating my family and not actually taking care of my business back home because I was so busy on getting this bread. Mm-hmm. So busy on pouring into them and not pouring into my own. And that can happen at times. So in order for me to do that, I had to take a step back and I had to get my crib right. Uh, so that's another pivot. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that, do not get that, uh, do not get that lesson that while you're growing up and growing up, uh, you got to make sure your family is along for the ride. And we seeing it more and more, especially now, man. I know a lot of goat cats. I know some millionaires right now, some yeah. trillionaires right now. They yeah. dope at work. They yeah. dope at school. They got all the degrees and all the accolades in, in, in the world, but they crib is trash. Yeah. I never want to be that dude. And, and what we mean, what we mean when we say that crib is trash is like the fam- the family's not being taken care of emotionally, right? No. Right. So I had to step back again. It's like, okay, I am what I see. Right. All I saw my pops do was work. Mm. I saw my pops protect and provide. I didn't see him nurture. I didn't see him pouring. He poured into me on the basketball court, but mm. that's literally like we just not having another relationship outside of that now. Yeah. But growing up as a teenager, I saw my pops at practice and at my game. He never came to one of my high school games. 
Never. He never saw me play on a high school court, but he saw me play when I played for church mm-hmm. and we traveled. That was the only time he saw me play. Other than that, he didn't see me play. So I took pride in being able to, and, and I take pride in now, like for my, my daughter, I didn't miss a, I didn't miss a home game yep. for my kids, my, my younger kids. I ain't missed nothing at school. Yep. And some people like, yeah, you got to sacrifice that. That's what they remember though. I could sacrifice that for you and look good in your eyes, but if I don't look good in their eyes, everything I do is in vain, man. I done seen kids kill most of the kids in the group home, their parents was millionaires. Right. That was busting my head. I'm like, yo, your mom live on this hill. Y'all got millions. They wasn't taking care of the kids. They was too busy eating. So seeing that, I had to take a step back. I'm like, this ain't finna be my kids, man. Yeah. One thing they're going to say is daddy was there. He so, might have been crazy why he was there, but he was there. Yeah. I so, got to say this. For somebody that that just watches you, and, and I'm a big fan, I watch your children. When I say bright, beyond bright, I watch the talent. Uh, I watch your daughter's talent. I watch her performances. Uh, you know, we nicknamed one of your kids the professor. Yeah, that's uh, nice. He is articulate beyond his age. Yeah. How did you, and, and, and I'm hearing your motivation, but how did you channel that? What's your in-home strategy? Because I will say this now, man, I, I've watched you for years. Your children are phenomenal. Yeah. What's your, what's your in-home strategy? Honestly, uh, it took me that last time when I, I kind of sacrificed the money for my family. I didn't want to die so my kids could live. Yeah. Nice. I, I did not want to die so my kids could live. Right. I want to be at home and we'd be all right. Yeah, I can go out here and I can, man, become the top whoever. Yep. It doesn't yeah. matter if at the crib all they want is me. Yep. That's true. So I'm going to sacrifice some bread right now so I can pour into them, especially my, my young boys. Like I got young men. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yeah. Yep. I need to be there for them. I need to be in the crib. I need to be there physically for them. Yep. Not expecting somebody else to do it because everything I learned, I learned a lot from my pops, but I'm realizing more and more that I'm, I'm more and more like him, but I learned a lot from the streets and the other cats that I was around too. And I'm like, if anybody going to influence my kids, it's going to be. Yeah. Got it. It's gonna be. Yeah. So that's this COVID-19 thing was a blessing in disguise. Cause I've been having the time of my life. <laughs> yeah. Being a dad, you know what I'm saying? I love doing that. Yeah, it's it's same here, man. It's, it's actually been amazing to not have to drive, uh, not have to drive two hours. You know what I mean? And right. it's just I can I come up to the office, I do my work. I'm still working long hours, but it's, it, instead of me working long hours and then having to drive an hour and a half, I just go right downstairs. I can chill with my little guy. I can I can talk to my daughter. I can talk to my big one, and, yeah. and you know everybody gets some time. And then, you know, the last thing I had, it was kind of hurtful because I'm pouring into these kids Yeah, in my crib. So for me to be here now, it's like, pfft. yeah, Please. let's uh, let, let's 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 wind it down by talking about just a few tips that you would give people who were, uh, you know, not only affected by COVID, but just figuring out next moves. Like I say, I, I, as one of my one of my closest friends, man, I, I consider you like one of those masters of the pivot. And so, you know, what type of advice would you give somebody who, even if they they're fortunate enough to still be working, 
um, uh, those not working. Uh, yeah. But like, what, what's some advice you would give them at a time like this? Man, one, make a way out of no way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? This is an opportunity to do anything that you ever set your mind to, man, literally. And you got all the outlets. We got all the outlets on social media possible. You want to touch somebody, all you got to do is put at their name. Mm -hmm. So anybody saying that that they can't, it ain't that they can't. It's just that they don't want to and they don't have the desire to. Or some of them might not have the know-how. And if you ain't got the know-how, I tell my kids all the time, like, they bring their homework to me. I'm like, dog, you got Google. (laughs) Right. Why are you even asking me? You can go watch somebody on YouTube who's a master at it. Right. And literally just do exactly what they did. I had to ask people for the blueprint, watch them write it down, read it, then try to apply it. All you got to do is watch it. That's it. Yeah, right there. Stop making excuses. Whatever you want to do, go do it. It's there. It might be harder for you to build it and grow it, but Mm -hmm. that's where that heart come in. Right. Yeah. That's where that heart come in. And either you're going to let somebody outwork you and go get your bread or you're going to just sit and wither away pretty much but don't let this don't let this thing hurt you Help, let it build you right. because that's what it's there for and sometimes the people that got it take that time man they gave us time back take that time reevaluate reprocess yeah. and get to a point where you're enjoying what you do uh, five minutes left E did you have any any other specific questions no I I I I I brag sometimes on you. We've done a couple of things together. Um, yeah. And I, I I have been moved watching you. Uh, I remember we, we had some uh, some gentlemen that were from a halfway home. They were either getting out of jail or getting out of rehab, and we had them all in the room. And I got a chance to watch you tell your story. And the one thing I, I'll give you credit for is there's no fake. You straight up just said, hey, yada, yada. What's going through your mind, real quick, what's going through your mind when you're talking to one of these kids that you see at risk, or like one of them brothers that we were talking to that was trying to get from prison or off drugs back to his family? What's going through your head as your mouth is working? It used to hurt me when I was them and people used to talk over me. Mm. Mm. I see your suit. Congratulations. You got a suit, bro. Mm. You, you got a suit. Congratulations. But my homeboy had a suit when he was in the casket, too. You know what I'm saying? Everybody going to die and they're going to put on a suit. <laughs> you going to put on a suit when you die. Yeah. I want to know who, who you are. Yeah. Got I want to know how you got where you got. I don't want to hear all the college stories and how you, oh, I did this. And, you know, all you have to do is read your books. Bro, tell me the truth. Yeah. <laughs> it made me mad when I got started working in the hospitals and I found out how all these Indians, Asians, and Africans actually get moved through college. They move in bunches. Yeah. They all take different classes, and then they swap work. Trail. How come nobody tell us that? Tribes, man. man. Yeah, yeah. They roll yeah, in tribes, yeah. Tribes rock with it. How come did nobody tell me that? Because yeah. we didn't know. We didn't know. So, yeah. so I, I make sure that I relate to the audience that I'm speaking to. If I'm talking to some hood cats, I talk to them like that. But if I'm talking to some kids like my daughter and them, I told her, get you a group of friends. Mm-hmm. Make sure yeah. it's diverse as a mug. That's one thing that that I appreciate about Houston is so diverse and I've seen so many different circles be built based off of the circle that they went to college with. One of them went to be a lawyer. The other one went to be an engineer. The other one went to be an accountant. Now they helping each other build. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I relate based off the audience that I'm speaking to. I don't just speak to them because most people, they got the same spiel. I'm going to go to this place and we're going to talk about this. Bro, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, it, it ain't happening. You just, you just figured out a game and you played it. But I want to know. Like, give me the knowledge. Yeah. So that's what I do. Awesome, brother. Awesome. All right, so, so the, we always wrap up the show, man, by doing doing two things. We give a final thought, um, which is really just something that's been either on your heart or heavy, something that you want to share with the audience. Um, and then we uh, we give a tip, like a suggestion. Maybe maybe it's like a, a book that you're reading. Maybe it's an audio book that you came across. Maybe it's a, a speech that you saw on YouTube that, that you want to recommend. So it's like recommendations. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll start it with our guests, uh, give them a final thought and then give them some type of recommendation for the week. Man, my, my final thought would be, honestly, man, embrace your circle, but don't embrace them just to embrace them. Embrace them to push them so they can push you. So both, so you both can build. Mm, I like that. A, a lot, lot of times, a lot of times we get comfortable in just being friends and it should be more than that because we should be trying to build our community and grow our community so that we can help other communities. So by all means, do that. And most of all, what's been on my heart, a lot of people, we come up with ideas that we might tell a person, and then that person might jump and do it. You never know whose destiny is tied to your success or your idea. Don't get mad at that person for doing something that you thought you were supposed to do, because if you were supposed to do it, you'd be doing it. Wow. So it might be your job just to tell that person to help push them. Wow. That's what friendship all about. Yeah. And make sure that that's a true friend and they, they reach back. Right. So they can help you actually get where you're trying to go. So that's my love piece. You got a recommendation? Recommendation. If you make a bologna sandwich, fry it first. <laughs> Still fry my bologna and my hot dogs. This is why I look When you see the bubble punch it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pop it with the fork, though. Don't use no knife. Use a fork. This is why I love this dude. Look, it, it's a oh, that's bunch, my brother. It's a whole bunch of bologna sandwiches being made now. Telling you, my wife was mad at me, but I went and bought two boxes of Roman noodles. Like these kids finna eat how I grew up, cause this gotta last. Oh man! How much sodium? We just gonna go for a run. We gonna go for a run, and we gonna drink water. Drink water, and we'll be all right. E, what you got, man? Dude, mine has been on economics this week. I've talked to several people that said because of COVID, they can't go anywhere. They got more money in their bank account except for food. And I've, I've thought about it. I said, well, what the heck were you doing with your money before? Going to the mall, looking for places to spend it. Yep. So if there's a lesson to be learned, like I got a tank full of gas that I put in about two and a half weeks ago, and I still ain't run out. Right. Um, if there's a lesson to be learned, you don't have to spend your money until you're broke. Nope. Um, and hopefully somebody realizes that and doesn't run back out for a couple of reasons, you know, uh, uh, catching that catching that, uh, that runner. Right. But sec secondarily, understand some lessons. Back to what Rudy said, during this time, there's some lessons you can be learning that will, will, will change your life. Clean out a closet. Clean your garage. It's the I'm only time. Working on three certifications right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to have them. Yeah. Um, my final thought, man, and like I said, it was what I was talking about earlier. It, it hit me yesterday while I was walking around the house. Because, uh, you know, we've been watching this Last Dance documentary. Mm. And, uh, but, and this basketball has just been on my brain. But, um, uh, 
just to pivot, man. You know what I'm saying? Just when do you go? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just when 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 do you pivot? When is the time to change? When is the time to kind of refocus or shift focus and and kind of move on to the next thing because the current situation is not working the way it was intended to work. You've learned a lesson from it, and now it's time to move on to the next thing, right? So so when to pivot? Um, and and really a lot of it just takes being aware of who you are in those moments and where you're trying to go in terms of who you want to be and just right. noticing when it's time to move on. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my recommendation for the week is, um, again, I, I can't help but keep recommending this book. I think I recommended it on the last podcast too, but, and it goes hand in hand. I need to mention this before we get off too, but, um, this book called atomic habits, um, it's Ooh. it's yeah. it's a book about the psychology of how we create our create habits, good and bad habits in life. Maxwell Maltz. Yeah. He was a he was the first doctor. Yeah. yeah. And, and and how we and how we go about um uh you know, changing and making small changes uh to our, our habits to, to become better people. Yeah. Um before I get off, man, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our guy here, Mr. Lord Rudy Gowdy, has a book called 21 Days of Habit. It yes, is it is a 21-day uh, devotional and habit-inspiring or habit-changing book that is geared to do the same thing this Atomic Habits uh, book does. It's geared to give you spiritual and emotional, physical um, uh, tidbits every day to get you going into changing your habits. We all know, we, we all know the thing. It takes takes seven days to create a habit, 21 days. No, what is it? It, it actually takes uh, 21 days to create the habit. Yeah. Before to sustain it and actually make it perfected, it takes about 66, but the average person never makes it to 21. Yeah, yeah. and so there you go. And so, and so th- this book is kind of like that, that companion piece to get you started. To get that's all it is. You know Just start I mean? the process. That's the hardest thing to that's do it. for anybody is to get started. That's it. Absolutely. Well, well, guys, uh, it's a great episode, man. Rudy, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Um, oh, proud, we, we hope everybody got something from 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 Rudy's life story, his journey to where he is today. Um, he'll be back on at some point in the future. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. we, we love to have repeat guests because there's always lessons to pick out of everybody's story. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. And I want to hear. I want to hear more about Adam Zone mentoring and yes. what you're doing now. Y'all are doing some killer stuff. Edge yeah. Mondays. I want to hear more about that stuff too. For so. sure, for sure. If y'all want me back, just let me know. But, well, this episode is in the bag. We'll uh, catch y'all next week. Mm-hmm.